Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Latest Shiny Podcast. This is uh, Stephen Spector, your host. And as usual, with me today is Rob Hirschfeld. Uh, I guess it's mid-morning to now, Rob. So good, good mid-morning. <laughs> I've, I've had my coffee. I'm feeling a little edgy. Uh, um, yep, mid-morning. So we have an, a, another great edge guest, and I'm really liking that we're really going deep into edge and finding edge startups. So I'd like to welcome, and I will do my best, uh, Hasib Bhutani, who is the co-founder and CEO at Rafe Systems. So um, Hasib, welcome. Uh, thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Great. So can you just give us a short little background about yourself for our listeners? And then from there, uh, we'll jump into all things edge. My co-founder, Hemant, and I started Graphic System late last year. We started this company after spending uh, a year or so at uh, a company you may have heard of called Akamai. We ended up at Akamai through the acquisition of our prior startup called Soha Systems. Uh, Soha Systems was, well, or I should say, now we know, uh, is a software-defined perimeter, so that's a market that we were, we were playing in. And uh, you know that was a really really fun company to do. We had a we had we, we built some incredible technology. Ended up selling the company to Akamai and started this company. Most of us in the team have I would say a proxy background. So we were talking earlier about our Citrix uh, overlap. So I spent time on you know things like man optimization, uh, you know reverse proxies, so you know load balancers and so on. As has Hemant uh, and have many other people on the team. So we are definitely we have a a bias towards kind of solving for uh, traffic problems, if you will, you know, layer seven routing problems on the internet. So that's that's been kind of the uh, a core thesis of many of the problems we've solved for at different companies. That's interesting. And can you talk through a little bit about what you're trying to solve now, or is that you're still absolutely? You know, I, I, I just as an aside, you know, one big lesson I learned from my previous company is that being in stealth is kind of pointless. Um, it's better to be out talking about what you're working on so you can get feedback. So we started you know, talking about what we're solving for essentially when we started the company. And what we are doing at Drafe is the following. We want to help application developers deploy microservices or applications as close to their end users on the internet as possible through a platform that we're building. So instead of our customers, our developer customers, you know, thinking about locations and regions, uh, we have kind of figured out a way to help them deploy their applications as close to their endpoints as possible, you know, through this automated platform that they can uh, uh, leverage as, as a simple set of APIs. Just to give people some context from, you know, a lot of people are used to sort of thinking containerized systems, Kubernetes or serverless. Can you get, you give us some idea on, on, is it like that? Is it a different concept? What's, what, where do you fit in that spectrum? Unit of compute we work with as containers. I think you know there's 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 three things that that uh, exist now, uh, three concepts that exist now that did not exist some years ago that allow uh, a platform like ours to exist now. One is containers, right? So the fact that we can package applications in in, in a container format and Docker format, you know, that is a critical component to our platform. So we are you know we we we, we essentially our customers you know, present their containers to our platform uh, with certain policies. Uh, so the second thing is this notion of microservices. So monolithic applications, it's hard to break them apart. But now that many companies have already started this process of going down the microservices path, which means that they have loose couplings between their services, right? That allows us to basically, you know, help our customers 
move the latency sensitive workloads, not the whole application, because I, I don't believe that you know, entire applications are gonna end up moving to the edge of the internet. I think it's gonna be the things that are truly latency sensitive, such as authentication enforcement or policy enforcement or you know, data processing and so on. These are the things that we're moving to the edge. And the third thing that is a critical component to a company like ours is the availability of infrastructure. So there is now, you, know, you can go find multiple providers at, at, the, you know, at the edge of the internet who have you know, space for people like us to build our platforms on top of. An example of a partner that we work with very closely is packet.net. So packet hosting is a, is a critical component of, of, our, and a, of our strategy. That's excellent. We're fans of packet too. Boy, there's so much, there's so much to dig into uh, and, and that we're going to have a lot of fun go, going through different pieces and parts. Let's start really simple. Edge, right? You're, a lot of this is predicated on edge. What does edge mean to you? So that is a tough question, my friend, to start the conversation with. There's no, we don't pull any punches. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> maybe here's, here's one thing to think about, right? So when we say edge, maybe what, what we all mean is, you know, the, the facet of your application that faces your, your user, right? So maybe that's, maybe that's, we kind of, maybe think about it that way. What is that one facet in an application that is, that is close to a user, in fact, needs to be as close to the user as possible? So let's make up a, 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 just a hypothetical example. Actually, I'll make up a, a, a dumb example just to, just to make this point. So let's say somebody's trying to build an e-commerce application. Just simple, you know, I go to a website, I log in, I buy stuff, and that's it. In this case, if you think about a typical user who hasn't decided to buy anything yet, they're just browsing, right? Browse, uh, uh, you know, as I'm browsing uh, around an e-commerce uh, website, what if the inventory that I interact with could be as close to me as possible? I haven't bought anything yet. I just want to see what you got, right? Okay. For those read-only kind of transactions, why do I need to go back to Amazon? What if, that what if that interaction could be done as close to me as possible? So that means me as an, as an end customer, my experience is better. And for the app company, you know, the, the customer's experience is better, which means I'll keep coming back over and over again. And then, you know, that 0.01% of my interaction with you when I actually buy something, what if that transaction goes all the way back to Amazon where your core data center runs? So I think in this context, the inventory, data, the inventory information could be running at an edge, and that edge could be you know, at the edge of the internet. Not in the cloud, because that's too far away, because I want to interact faster and faster, but that could be wherever peering points exist. So that brings me to where a physical edge would be. So in my mind, the best place to build uh, edges where we could run compute is where we actually have peering happening. So aggregation of, of some level of bandwidth happening. So that could be, you know, today it could be an Equinix location because a lot of, you know, peering happens there. Or in the future when 5G is, you know, is, is, is more prevalent, today it's not, you know, maybe a base station could be where we end up building edges. So that's how I kind of see uh, the world. And I use that example just to make a point of, of a, a third point, I guess, which is what are the things that are actually important to run on the edge? So in the example I used earlier, the database where the company houses identity information for the user, so your Postgres, that does not need to be sharded and run at the edge. It's unnecessary, right? Because that transaction happens one time, and then you just we, we carry cookies around. But the inventory may change all the time. I want to see a lot of information fast. That is probably a good candidate to run at the edge. There's a couple of things I want to pull apart with this, because you're describing latency as a primary edge definition, which I, I think is, is a good one. You're, you're also saying that application design is not all edge or all cloud, that you, you expect applications to be 
microservices and distributed across, you know, it basically in, in right place where, you know, you have good experience and you have, you have less. The, the thing that, that I'm not as clear on in the way you're defining it is data at the edge. I can see compute in, in your definition moving around and being flexible, but the data, the data problem is a really challenging one. Do you, do you have some thought on how we manage data, right? So you mentioned sharding a database, but you know, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of sites and user-specific data. Where, where does data, edge data, play into this for you? Two things to consider when it comes to data. One is there may be information so let's take the entry example that I shared earlier, which is, which is I think, a, a smaller problem than the larger data problem that clearly seems to exist out there. So if I, as an example, if, I, if my application happens to run on tens and tens of edges, or maybe 100 edges, or whatever the number happens to be, I need a mechanism to push my inventory, well, maybe this is a JSON file, but some information, some block of data to all of these edges so it's available when a user shows up. Right? So I need a mechanism for that. So that is, I suppose, a way to be sharing data. And every time can I talk about edge with people, you know, and one question clearly comes up, which is how do we push data around? What I, what I remind people of is even as people are building multi-region applications in Amazon, right? So forget about edge for a minute, right? So let's say you run in three regions in Amazon and your application is, you know, running across multiple regions, which is a pretty common thing. How do you share information? How do you push data around? Right, so, so these are, at least in that context, you know, we have solutions like in-memory data stores, et cetera, that have solved these problems. So there are companies out there, a number of companies out there, who are you know, extending that old, uh, not old school, but traditional concept of you know, in-memory data stores, you know, maybe Redis as one example of something to just consider as, as a solution that people use in memory in a certain region, extend that out to the edge so that the core can publish smallish pieces of information to all the edges. So there are many tools out there uh, that, that exist, many companies out there who, who seem to be working on that problem. And we are, we are leveraging a number of technologies that exist out there to solve that problem, which is a, small, a smaller problem in the, you know, in the grand scheme of things. The bigger data problem that, that exists out there is that, so the internet went from being a distribution mechanism, data sits at the top of the mountain and it kind of streams downwards to, to people out there, us, to endpoints generating data, which means now there are endpoints who are trying to send data up the mountain, which is not going to work, which is, you know, data, you know, when people talk about data, the data having gravity, that's the visualization I have in my head, that the generators of data are at the base of the mountain and they got to go upwards. And that's expensive. It's better to move compute to where the data is versus move the data to where the compute is. And that is a pretty big use case for, in my opinion, edge computing. You know, separate from the, you know, let's, let, let's talk about another example. So we talked earlier about, you know, a simple e-commerce site, which everybody understands, right? I mean, that's a very common use case. But let's consider an application that is collecting data from a number of sensors. So this is also right. a pretty common use case out there now. Sensor sending data. I like, I like this, this use case. So as a, an application with a lot of sensors, just to, just to frame this a little bit, are you thinking the sensors are from multiple vendors or is this a single, a single vendored solution? I'll give you a real example without okay. naming, naming companies. It, it would appear that a number of wireless access point companies, right? So they have use cases where a lot of RF data is being streamed back from their devices that exist all over them. What happens in these use cases is the RF data, uh, so they, they tell the endpoint to send all the data back. And so they don't want to burden the endpoint to make decisions around, hey, look, 20% uh, of this data needs to go here and then run a job and figure out 
this data needs to go there. That's just, that's, there's not enough compute power of the endpoint to do that. So the endpoint sends everything. All the endpoints send everything. But then it turns out there's too much data coming through to make the decisions that really matter, right? Because receiving a lot of data in Amazon, first you store it, then you run a Spark job on it to figure out what is important, what is not. This takes time and money. Right, so that that adds. That's not a good thing to be doing. So what a lot of these companies are looking for is: is there a way, and I'm going to use their words, to prune, transform, summarize this data, this RF data streaming upstream on the network, instead of doing all of that work back home in the core. Sure. So that is a great use case for edge computing because we can essentially, on as close to these endpoints as possible, spin up jobs could receive this data, process it, and only send you know, the relevant information or the summaries or whatnot back to the core, which means the core makes decisions faster. So that so, is a great example of compute running close to the uh, data source. It's a really good example of uh, compute at the edge. The challenge that I see with this is does this become device-specific proprietary pieces or is this general purpose IT? Because you could easily see like the HoloLens, oh, here's the HoloLens, you need a HoloLens to do it, and the whole infrastructure has to be sort of vendored out, or, or you have to code to the whatever's in the router. And, and that to me is, is diminishing returns. It's gonna create a fragmented market. Is there a way that we're doing general purpose IT infrastructure that isn't you know, vendor specific, doesn't require you to have specialized algorithms, coding, platforms, whatever? You know, the, the word IT in this conversation, it, it, uh, it would be great to come back to that word because, you know, I think maybe that, that, that merits discussion as to who the actual buyers are. But to, to answer your, your specific question, so the way we think about this problem is that, you know, to, to build a, a platform which has multiple endpoints on the Internet, as close to endpoints as possible, and it basically receives traffic on behalf of some vendor, and processes the data that is vendor specific because you know like my format will be different from your format, which is reasonable, right? Because right. there's no format for this. So the best way to handle this is everything that has to do with processing this data, other than the actual format that matters, should be generalized. Platform, the receipt of the data, short of everything short of an HTTP payload that I present to your compute, which understands your format, is can be generalized. But then we should allow our customers to write very, very simple pieces of code. I, code is a, is a, is a big word, uh, you know, policies that can run on this platform to that understand your formats. And that, I think, is a great, great use case because now anybody out there uh, who doesn't, you know, look, somebody who's building an IoT company or a wireless access point company or whatever, right, they may have chops to build that technology, but for them to build a net new, you know, proxy infrastructure that receives traffic on the internet is secure enough, as is, you know, it's got all the storage problems thing thought through, and then they have to build their compute. That is a really high bar. So we want to simplify that part. You focus on your data. Everything else that matters has been taken care of for you by the platform. There's another thing that you had said earlier that is relevant here, which is we shouldn't care if it's cloud or edge. If I, if anybody builds an edge-specific compute platform that I can't also run in a cloud infrastructure, in a colo infrastructure, then, then we have a fail, right? I, you're saying, and I'm, I guess I'm, I'm just reamplifying re here, that application paradigm will have a degree of mobility to it. And so it can't be vendor specific 
at, in a in an individual house that's too limiting. Is that a, is that a fair summary? Uh, yeah, I actually, so, so that, that is a fair point. In fact, one of my pet peeves, you know, when people talk about things like cloud native, I mean, that is that is a phrase that everybody uses, and I wonder what they think that means. So if your if application CNCF, is only designed CNCF to run in... Approved sorry, a CNCF just approved a definition after much debate, so people should go check that out as, as homework. Uh, but go ahead. Yeah. So, so I, I mean... Many, many months ago, I, I, I wrote a definition of this, and one of the things I, I wrote in my definition of cloud native was that and I said, if your application can only run in Amazon, you are AWS native, not cloud native. And a lot of people pushed back on that, and I got a lot of pretty, <laughs> pretty nasty comments on my blog about that. The reason why I bring this up is, here's why this is relevant to the edge. We live in Frankfurt, as one example. AWS Frankfurt is like three milliseconds away from you. They have tremendous bandwidth. They have, they have, the, the latency is super short. So if you have a workload that needs to run, let's say, no farther than 10 milliseconds from an end user, right? Might as well run that in AWS Frankfurt for Frankfurt. But in other parts of the world, that's not going to work out. It's not about whether this is cloud or edge or hosting or Equinix or all these things. It's all about where do I need to be to provide a better experience for my end user? If I need to be in somebody's, I mean, I'm, now I'm just you know, making up a use case just to be facetious, sure. but if I need to have my code running in my garage to service Rob, that's exactly what should happen. And why should my code care where it's running? It should be designed that way. The platform should, I mean, the way we think about a platform is our platform expands or, or extends across, you know, let's say hosting providers, and if we need to run somebody's workloads in a public cloud because that gives their end users the best experience, A, why should we do that? And B, most importantly, why does the customer actually care? Right? They should care about performance, not whether this is on AWS or Google or, or, or a hosting company. That is an irrelevant conversation. Right? We just want to make, give you the best experience possible. And when, when I say that, you know, the, the lines between what an edge is versus what a public cloud is, particularly in terms of you know who provides them, is very blurry, and it should be for a good reason. The example you're giving, even if we took ed, the word edge out, if I was going to take and and any provider but Amazon, so let's let's narrow this down and talk about just how challenging this problem actually is, because if I wanted to reduce the latency to my end customers, and I was a purely an Amazon, to do that, I would one have to detect where customers were, and two, run my application infrastructure and services in multiple Amazon regions, and then have the data and the compute process to service that individual customer move into that region dynamically. Because I, I, I'm not going to spin up identical you know, platforms in every single Amazon infrastructure. Right? I mean, this is, so so even, even if you just took existing built infrastructures and tried to reduce latency to your existing customers in an existing cloud infrastructure, it's still a hard problem. In fact, you brought up something very interesting. Uh, a lot of people quickly recognize, so when, once your application is mature enough, right, you quickly recognize where the, where the bottlenecks are. So you know, your, you know your P95 use case. You know your P99 use case. And then ops teams are always kind of focused on, hey, how can we make the performance better? So one thing that a lot of people do, and we've seen, you know, we've had these conversations with, with vendors who say, look, we started with a couple of, you know, regions in Amazon, and then, of course, the performance was not great for everybody. So then we went to all 14, and that took us a couple of years. <laughs> but then it still doesn't solve the problems we wanted to solve, and now we're trying to figure out what do we do next. So they say, well, maybe I could go to Google or Azure and run a multi-cloud strategy. 
not going to help you because the presence that AWS has or Google has or Azure has for, for the most part is mostly overlapping for the most part. Right, it's mostly overlapping. How do you get out of there? How do you kind of go outward or rather or even closer to the population centers? Right, and that becomes a challenge. Right, so that in itself is a big challenge, but, but the, the problem you described is a critical one that only people who have been bruised by this problem understand. And this is my litmus test now, right? So when I talk about edge computing with people, and if, I, if somebody says to me, but what's the problem? I just need to bring up, you know, AMIs in multiple regions and I just use DNS and route traffic, right? That's it, right? That's the problem. They've never thought about this before. They have actually, they haven't built it yet. They haven't gotten there yet, which means they are probably not ready to have an edge conversation. They haven't been bruised yet specifically. And that's the thing, right? I think maybe Rob, you have been bruised because you talked about this problem because most people haven't thought about it yet. <laughs> the beauty of having a lot of edge conversations with people is, is sort of flushing this out. You know, one of the problems that we face in, in what we build is we're dealing with a lot of distributed data centers and every data center is a snowflake and everyone's got a little bit different and, and we're deal with that sort of unique local flavor, if you will, and, and coping with it. So we have, you know, we do have some of those bruises from this perspective, but I agree with you. A lot of people haven't thought it through. I, I would actually challenge you, and I'll be interested in your take as somebody building software, is that it might not come from... The, the, the problem we just described downwards, where somebody says, oh, I'm in, four, I'm in every Amazon region and I need to do better, I need to get closer, but come from a whole bunch of edge sites upwards, where somebody says that, you know, I've got an application that requires high performance, low latency, and to distribute it into Austin, I've had to put colo equipment in Austin to service the Austin market, and, and to get to the, my next market, I'm gonna to have to go into another region, right? You talked about Packet, and Packet has a whole bunch of small infrastructures in a whole bunch of more edge cities for that reason. It, you know, could this happen grounds, ground up where we actually solve the edge problem sort of on-premises on or in situ, maybe is a better word, and then build upwards instead of from cloud down? Could. I think, uh, you know, what I keep going back to is uh, our experience trying to solve this problem back at SOA. So, in fact, I, 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 didn't, say, I didn't talk about this earlier, but we had, at, at SOHA Systems, we had this idea, this notion of edges. Funnily enough, we didn't call them edges. You know, here, by the way, here's another thing. A lot of people are solving this problem. They just call them POPs in, in, in region POPs or something. They don't use the word edge computing. And neither did we when we started this company because we didn't know there was a thing called edge computing out there. What we were trying to solve for is, I need to get this close to my end user to authenticate them, right? And we, if you asked our ops team back then, what actual performance do you need to service your end users? I wonder if they could have given you a good answer because they, they don't know, right? So developers, when they design this stuff, they don't know, right? So they wrote a piece of code, behaves as well as it could, and then you try things out and you find out that, okay, well, you know, and this is the this is unfortunately kind of how people people do things. You know, you you throw it out there, and then you rely on your end users, one way, shape, or form, to tell you if something is working or not. Right? Either you use some sort of real user monitoring, or people just call you and complain. But that's how you know. Okay, this is slow, right? And then it's about well, well, let's measure it, and you measure it, and they go, well, this is not going to work in Amazon for this population in the world, and I have customers in this part of the world. So clearly, I need to do something here, right? It's kind of this almost. A cathartic process that ops teams go through, right? This could be multi-month long projects in companies, right? And then they come to the conclusion, ah, so we need to have more presence.
And I wonder if there's any way to solve this problem. I think it has to be, it has to go through this way. There's no amount of convincing writing, perhaps, that people will read and, and just out of the box agree <laughs> that this is a problem. Right? No, I mean, no, you have to live through this. Darn it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there may be, you know, academically, we all understand this is the problem, right? This is what it is, right? So I, I'm an ops guy. I have, a, I have a job to do. People are yelling at me because the app is slow or I'm spending too much money on Amazon or I got to solve a compliance problem because of GDPR or whatever the hell is coming up now, right? So I'm pretty busy. And now you're telling me, hey, here's another thing I got to think about. No, let me let somebody yell at me before I start solving this problem. This is, this is how things work. And that's okay. Right. I mean, fortunately for for people like us, at least a lot of these ops guys are getting yelled at for performance. And that that makes sense. I, I guess I I come back to for you. Right. You're building software that is going to run on, in an edge site. It's going to be it's, it's not necessarily an Amazon platform or maybe it is. Maybe it, maybe there's parts that are in Amazon and there are parts that are edge and they, they work in concert. But can somebody just say I need to run a high performance application? at a factory and just build, you know, use you to, to build that stack, run it at the factory and then, you know, today, just because they need to get it done. And then eventually say, you know what, let's move, we got five factories in the region, let's move it to shared infrastructure. Could we go that path? So the factory edge that you're describing, which is separate from the infrastructure edge, infrastructure would be like, you know, internet pairing points or, or wireless pairing points. We are presently not providing a solution for the factory edge, just because we, we kind of started where we are comfortable with. I mean, we're comfortable with the internet edge. At some point, should we go there? I don't know yet. What I am finding out there, and this is just a function of this practical information available uh, as you talk to people, the factory edge problem, I, I wonder if, uh, if there are orthogonal, maybe tangential problems, factory edge versus infrastructure edge. One, one good reason that, hey, you start at the factory edge and then you talk about aggregation. Right, it's a natural next step. I wonder if they're connected. I think there are maybe two different problems. In the factory edge, you have sensors that need information or, or uh, a kind of they need they need an answer ASAP, right, within microseconds maybe, because there's a controller that needs to make a decision: should I paint this uh, door blue or red, right? And you can't really wait a long time to make that decision because the supply chain is moving. You can't wait that long. So in that case, maybe that use case is going to be this factory edge solution, and there are appliances that are being built by many companies out there that do that. And that's a, that's a, that's a market, right? But then perhaps completely separately, these factory edge appliances are going to you know, talk to an aggregation point together, and that's going to be an entirely different set of applications that are going to be, you know, their job is to aggregate information, not maybe respond to a question from a controller, right? That's where we are building our company today. Who knows? You know, you guys know how it is, right? I mean, startups start and then three years later, you know, things change. So we'll see what, what changes for us. But right now we are very clear mentally that we are sitting at the infrastructure or, or edge, um, which is an aggregation point and not inside the factory. That makes a lot of sense. And, and one of the things I like in what you're describing is actually this nuanced idea of a, a use case edge, factory edge, a hospital edge, a mall edge, a uh, stadium edge where there's specific use cases for solving those problems and the sensors and the type of data that you're collecting. You're sort of giving people permission to solve an, an edge problem with on-premise gear for that use case and then roll up, and which is where my question was going, right? I'm going to roll that up into more and more shared infrastructure. Because I, I do think 
the people in the factory don't want to roll a data center into the factory, create an IT presence there. They want to be able to say, oh, I want to use shared infrastructure for my provider and then offload some of those things to cloud because that makes sense, right? That, that to me would be the cloud right. model. Yeah, so, ag agreed. I mean, it, if, we, if, if I may extend that just a little bit. Please. So if next to the factory, there's a CMTS box or some, you know, some near, truly CMTS. nearby CMTS means CMTS, what's the acronym? So the cable modem, right? So basically Comcast's ah, okay. kind of, you know, box sitting at the, at the corner of your, of your street where everybody's getting their cable connection from, right? If magically that became a data center, whatever that means, then maybe it's close enough. But it all boils down to what is the performance I need. Everybody right now is groaning on the idea of Comcast being your data center provider. But so let's get over that. They're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Why would they not, right? It's another stream of money. They should. Hey, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help a lot of people. And it's going to hurt a lot of people. <laughs> they should. I, I, just, I just can imagine my, my, my service truck window. And they have to fix these, those problems and provide IT-level service, which is going to bring me back to something we bookmarked, which was your comment about IT infrastructure and ownership. I wanted to dig into that. We're almost out of time, and as Steven's watching, watching me, you, you made a comment about IT as part of this infrastructure and ownership. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Performance matters for applications that generally are, you know, are, are, are revenue streams for a company, right? And here's, here's, you know, here's one of the things about it. So let's say your, your company has a SharePoint app that is slow. And let's say all your employees are complaining that, wow, it takes me like three seconds to get logged in. Yeah, there's no motivation to fix that problem. Because employees complaining is, fine. you're getting paid. What's, just what, you know, do your job, right? I mean, you know, I don't care, right? But if a customer complains, it's a different conversation because customers pay you money, right? So the question is, who cares about performance? Yes, IT guys, obviously, they care about performance to some extent, but their goal is not to give you the best performance. Their goal is to give you enough performance that you can do your job, which is a very different thing, right? They don't care about, you know, like, for example, when, you know, when Google says, uh, hey, you need to serve a page within 200 milliseconds or whatever the number, 600 milliseconds before uh, and, and, and user kind of gets bored with your website. Yeah, IT guys don't care about that, right? Because that's not how they measure anything. They just want to make sure you do a, your job well enough, right? That's their, so the, 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 the bar is very different. So I keep kind of, I think that the customer who cares about a solution like ours, particularly because what we are really selling is better performance is the operations team for, a, for an application running on the internet. So SaaS applications as one example, right? Or hey, you're collecting information from sensors and if you make a decision faster, that is a value to the company. So that, the team who runs that is gonna be a customer. But I wonder if a, tip, a classic IT team who is, you know, I use SharePoint as an example of, of an application because I, I think we all agree SharePoint is slow. Even if it was some other application, I wonder if they care about edge computing per se. Plus, they are used to buying applications. You know, this is shrink-ranked applications, right? This is, not, this is not an app they built in-house. If it didn't build in a house, you don't have control over the microservice that make up that application either, right? So it's almost as if, you know, we have to look for people who are building their own apps and are running them on the internet and performance mm -hmm. truly matters. So that's the distinction why, you know, every time we talk about IT, I just want to call out, maybe the, the customer for these kinds of things is, I'm using this phrase loosely, operations teams and not IT teams. It's interesting because when I'm, I'm using IT in a very different way, 
from my perspective, which is, which is based on sort of what Bracken does. When I think of IT, I think of it meaning a type of system that has information technology, you know, standardized management, commodity, hardware, and, and APIs. I don't, I'm not as worried about the ownership. That's why I was, I was excited to, to talk about this because it's, it's a very different perspective. I think of IT infrastructure at the edge as a standard, you know, IPMI, Pixie Boot, standard server, commodity server, mm. versus specialized hardware and sensors where somebody's built a specialized piece of gear that works in a non-IT, non-standardized way, right? We, our team was just looking at what it takes to provision Mac, MacBooks, which is not using mm -hmm. IT standards. They have their own Mac standards. I see. I see. And, and, okay. and which, creates yeah. a whole, which, which creates a whole headache from my perspective, looking at edge infrastructure, there's wild west we have right now of IT devices and IoT devices that are everything, everywhere with no, not much protocol standardization versus the servers that you would put in a POP data center or an edge colo that are very likely to conform to standard practice commodity servers and be managed in IT, what I would call IT mechanisms. Um, just different. Got it, got it. By the way, uh, every time I say I, I talk about IT and ops, I got I got trained on this from I think our fifth or sixth customer at back at Soha. It was this large consulting company, and we were visiting them in New York. And I kind of described how their IT organization could be using our product, and I used that word IT six or seven times. And then when I stopped talking, the the guy who ran that team he said, "We are not IT." He, and he spent ten minutes kind of schooling me on, on what is what in his mind is IT, and they they are not buying stuff and deploying it; they're building stuff, damn it. So that was his distinction. So I've been very careful about using ops versus IT now. I I just got scarred by that conversation. I think that those are good distinctions, and we talk a lot about SRE in in some some of the podcasts, and that's an important distinction too, and how people approach this. Is there a point? Is there an idea that you wanted to bring? You know, is there a closing thought for us? Yeah, I mean, I just want to uh, go back to the, you know, we, we said in passing, you know, uh, not everything is going to run at the edge. You know, the edge is not, you know, uh, the edge is not end-all, be-all. And yeah, I just want to, you know, double-click on that a little bit. So we do see conversations out there around edge eating the cloud, uh, things, things of that nature. Uh, I, I think the edge is an augmentation of the cloud. And the way I always think about this is 90% of your application logic, whatever the application happens to be, is probably going to continue to run in a few locations, wherever it is, Amazon, Azure, doesn't really matter, but some of these, some of these core locations, that's how it's going to be, right? And then maybe 10, 15% of your logic is going to run in many, many, many locations, right? And that's how I think the world's going to look. But what's going to end up happening, I think, is that you will end up expending more compute to process the 10, 15% of your logic that is at the edge than you expend compute doing things in the core. So that's how I kind of think about edge and core. And those are the phrases I tend to use to describe what's running, you know, as close to the end user as possible versus kind of in the middle. But I think, you know, applications will grow to consume both platforms. And that's the right way to make kind of, you know, make forward progress as an industry. If we kind of start talking about, hey, well, it's one or the other, I don't think anybody wins. It's not, I mean, it kind of makes for, you know, I mean, at least for vendors, it makes a lot of sense to talk about these things, but that's not how the world's going to play out practically speaking. And I say this because, not just because I'm a vendor, we ran a SaaS service that exactly had this problem, which is why, you know, in some respects, we think this is an interesting problem to solve, and we did not solve this problem well as a SaaS company. We are hopeful that we can build a platform that other companies like ours 
could leverage and and you know make a better better solution for for our customers. So that's just one thing I just want to highlight. Edge is not even the cloud. It's two different things, and you will end up using both over time if you as a as a professional that is deploying services on the internet. Hasib, this is uh, C Spectre jumping back in. Unfortunately, I have to come in and and slow us down. And the podcaster, us, I know Rob goes on for a few hours. Can you uh, give us some information about where we can, if anyone's interested in learning more about yourself, your company, any links or places they should go? Absolutely. So our website is rafe.co. So it's .co, two two letters. Uh, We have a number of thoughts captured in blogs on that website. You'll find that very informative. Uh, We try to write a lot about, not so much about what we're doing, because I think that's not as interesting to people. It's more around, you know, some of the things we hear customers just struggle with, if you will. Right. And we try to write about those just to just to highlight to people, you know, what's what's possible with the edge and so on. Uh, You know, that's a great source of information. And uh, of course, anybody listening to this podcast, if you have any questions about specifically what we're doing and why our company matters, uh, please feel free to reach out to me. Hasib Badani is my Twitter handle or my email is Hasib, H-A-S-E-E-B at Rafe.co, two letters. Well, great, Hasib. Well, thank you for joining us and, and Rob as well for another Edge conversation that every Edge conversation seems to have its own direction. One of these days, something will match, but it may be a while. But uh, thank you both for uh, joining us in the podcast. I look forward to uh, all of us talking again in the near future. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Rob.